Hello and welcome back to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Chris. And Swizz is mute, <laughs> apparently. Dude, Swizz, you should have at least had a sign saying, and I'm Swizz. <laughs> he does have a sign. It's uh, You'll love it, Chris. You'll absolutely love it. Ready? <laughs> he has a sign. Oh, wow. Three seconds into the pod and I'm already getting bursted. Thanks, guys. That's, that's really made me feel great. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are trying a slightly new platform. So if you do put out the chat here, we're going to try and highlight a few things and use, uh, was it StreamYard like a few other people? But getting the hang of it is pretty much where we're going to go with. But speaking of getting the hang of things, you should know where we're at. SC Insider 100 on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok, all the audio platforms as well. Spotify, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, you name it. And on the YouTube, Chris. Yeah, uh, well, I think this is live on YouTube, so um, good luck. Again, we've it had is. like five minutes practice. Follow. We don't know what we're doing. <laughs> this is a- <laughs> oh, hello, Swizz. <laughs> this is, Swizz I feel is like in it's the like, chat. Whose line is it anyway where the points don't matter? But uh, yeah, no, we're still good. <laughs> we're trying it out. We're playing Chris's favorite game called Just the Tip, just to see how it feels. And um, that is pretty much the <laughs> start of it. Game. It is an absolute mess. If you are like me and you've got 16 players and you've got a couple of rookies that you want to trade but kind of have to hold it, it's a very, very, very interesting scenario. And I think that probably leads us into the first part of today, boys, is starting with the issue. (laughs) And the issue is I'm not a Sicily owner. If the tribunal is what Swizz is saying, and it's very factual. Now, I don't own him. It happened against Brisbane with McCluggage, my boy suitcase, and even then I felt like it was very hard done by. Like, Chris, where are you at with the whole do you know, do you not know? Like, is it who's your daddy? Like, there's just, is it a roulette uh, table? So, like, how do you feel? Uh, yeah, I mean, the thing with Sicily, um, oh, in terms of the tackle, like in the AFL, you're saying, like, I'm pretty, so I, I suppose we will touch on that. In regards to dangerous tackles in the AFL, I think it's absolute garbage because the, the thing with tackles is I would say that I reckon 99% of the time that these dangerous tackles happen, they're not thinking to themselves, I'm tackling tackling this person to hurt the person. They're What they're trying to do is get the ball dispossessed or win a free kick. That's what they're trying to do. And a lot of these techniques that are, you know cause this to happen are pinning the arms and taking them to ground. They've been trained this for most of their professional and non and amateur uh, careers. And now they've all of a sudden got to make a split second decision to not pin the arms, which then gives them the ability to get rid of the ball, which is completely against the fabric of what they're trying to do um, by making a tackle. And like, it's only an effective tackle if they don't get a handball away, right? So if they get a handball away and it goes to another player, it's not considered an effective tackle. So, the entire point of making an effective tackle is to cause a stoppage or to turn the ball over. So the only or win way a free kick is, and then get suspended yeah. for three weeks anyway. And, like. and, and for Sicily to win a free kick, so this is where it gets murky, right? Like I understand that Hugh McCluggage got knocked out. I understand that action was a sling action, but what else? What, he was trying to argue in the um, in the tribunal. So was was it the tribunal that he went to or the uh, the appeals? He board went double down. Was? Tribunal yeah. and then appeals. Yep. He's trying to argue, okay, so in my like situation, what else am I supposed to do? Like He's had to dive to even make contact with McCluggage because he was otherwise he was going to get out, out of his grasp. So he's dived, made contact, and used his own body weight to bring him to ground, put him over the top of himself. Like, 
there, was there anything else that he could have done to a win the ball for his club, or b let him go? Like the you're you're basically saying running the risk of do you just let the guy not get tackled? Like it's just like um like I understand with bumping you've got a choice you you've got a choice not to bump you can tackle but now you can tackle but you've got to choose to tackle so that it doesn't necessarily win you the ball or you you gain advantage from the tackle like what they're asking, I think, is just too far. I think they've just gone that little bit over the, over the line. And people um, are milking it. It's an absolute mess. And it, like anything, if there's a free kick in yeah. it, oh, right, then they, people are going to exploit milking. it. I mean, Ginevan's already studying it, apparently spent two weeks straight, hasn't slept yet, trying to work uh, out how to get the next best free kick. It's stupid. Please, please don't. Lockie Neal, mate, has done it twice already now. Oh, he's rubbed he's, down a couple of people like, on end off the field. I, I've seen where his legs have been tangled or whatever, but he's like in slow motion being like, oh, it's a dangerous tackle. I'm not going to get rid of the ball. I'm just going to clonk my head on the ground and be like, oh, and get a free oh, kick. That's slow motion, like, like Austin Powers. And he's like, no, wait, stop. Ah, just slow motion <laughs> falling. Oh, I hit my head suspended. Um, and then you got Count Dracula, the get new the CEO. Get out the way. Get the new CEO is like, oh, no, it, it's not confusing. And I was like, mate, calm down. You've been in footy for five minutes. Well, obviously he's been in footy for longer, but we're gonna say five yeah. minutes because fuck that guy. And yeah, and then comes out it's like, oh, we'll review it at the end of the season. I'm like, wonderful. You patch something together like the sub vest originally, like everything else, an absolute patch job. But look, before we go, we are gonna quick shout out here. Alexander's saying evening here. Brian, howdy, gents. This is how we're going now. Sean, shout outs left, right, and center. I am me is pretty much, I think, the greatest showman. I am me. Hey, hey, hey. Shout out on the comments if you do get there oh, as well. Him. He is him. Oh, is that? Oh, no. I am me. That's not a non-binary thing, is it? <laughs> no, no. no Could not. be. I don't want to get it wrong. Don't want to get it wrong. Um, um, but before we move on, I have news, boys. And you might have heard a little whispers around it. An old sporting injury. No, an old oh. sporting injury. They're calling me Max King because I need to have a full shoulder reconstruction. Oh, from no. an old. Yeah, dude. I'm, I'm messed really? up. Yeah, I had an MRI last week. You could barely lift the poker table last yeah, week. Yeah, remember so. poker? Yeah, right? I was like, yeah. yeah. So, um, I mean, it was heavy, Grant. <laughs> it is a heavy table. It's a 10-seater, fully well, well, well supported table. No, so the issue, apparently old injury. So, and I was getting along fine. Maybe it kind of deteriorated or I re-aggravated it without really knowing. Multiple labral tears. And I've got a six by eight mil fragment actually sitting in the socket. So the bone can't actually get into the socket there because I've got fragments actually blocking it. So are oh, you wow. are, what did it say? You are what? You are not aligned with your camera. You are not center of the screen. You are you not are, good at this. You... <laughs> Mess, is that messed up? Yeah. I like the Swiss is just here for co the comedic relief. <laughs> Pretty um, much. There he is there, Swizzy boys. So. So I, I, I suppose what we're doing with Sicily, I guess, you know, at the end of the day, um, for those that you, you don't own, do you, uh, Ben? No. So, so, so there is a problem with this uh, moving forward. So the first thing I'll say is there is only from next week, uh, from the end, from this week, I guess, there's only what, 10 rounds, 11 rounds left. 10, in, right? 10 including this week. 10 including this week. So if he's missing four of those weeks, then you really only have him for the, for the back end of the year, the six weeks. So there is complete merit in being able to trade him. Three weeks. No, you've he, already missed him well, for one missing, last week. Oh, yeah, you've already missed him for one. Yeah. Three. So, so you, you gain him seven. for seven weeks. So there's there's two things. First of all, is he now a clear what, clear D1? 
So that's the first question that you need to ask yourself. So you need to establish a baseline of what he's going to be scoring on the run home. Now, if his role does continue, and what we saw when basically when Blank moved to that sort of lockdown defender and freed up Sicily to play the uh, the interceptor role, he's gone uh, 134, 134, 172, 136. Now, that is, that's actually the number one, like that four-round average would put him as the number one super coach player in the entire game, right? So, yes, it would. For Even that, over that Dunkley? Average. Over Dunkley? I would say. So, what's Dunkley over those four four weeks? Like 140-odd? No, not that high. Mm. But I, it, it'd be close, though. But, yeah, like I think the, the 172 would have him over that in terms of average. He's probably – what's his averaging? 141 or 142? Probably more. Actually, I think it's more like 145 over the four weeks. Uh, Dunkley is more over five. Over three weeks, it was Sicily for 147 over three. Yeah. Dunkley's the highest over five rounds. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. So, look, that means, you know, over those seven weeks, if that role continues, then you're losing that. But, yeah, what what are you replacing it with in the meantime? And that's the question. So, for me, for my team, I'm going towards um, having an extra premium. Um, on my on my feet uh, on the bench, so that I can cover him in the short term and hold him over the long term, um, and effectively know what yeah those people that trade him out they're not going to trade him back in, in in another three weeks right like that's I think that's long gone. Most people don't have the trades to be able to do that. So it's either you're you're trading him out to not get him back, or you are holding him and you're covering him in a way. The problem is like if you don't have that team and then you're fielding like a chin cotter. Or you're fielding like a, you know, a, a Melican or something like that over the next few weeks, then that's a lot of points that you're losing, and I don't think you can really do that in that case. You want to be able to try and field at least say a 90 average over the time, maybe you know holding someone like a Sheasel or holding someone like a Jay Z or something like that. I think they might only get you an 85 or 90, but that might be enough to bridge the gap, and then you can push those guys to a um, to your pine and have them as a loophole option. So when they do ton, you can obviously pick them up. So I, I think that there's merit in that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So the other thing to note as well, if Sicily goes 115 over those seven rounds, then that's 805 points. So if someone, if you get someone for this week onwards going at a hundred, then that would be a thousand points, right? Simple mass. So you need to bridge 195 points. Now, if Sin Cotter was your D six or sorry, seven, someone that you could use as cover, to bridge the gap for those three weeks, then basically he would have to score 195 points over those three weeks in order to balance out. Now, Sincotta's not playing this week, which then makes it a little bit more difficult because if he is your cover guy and you're if you're playing 18 this week, then it's probably not actually going to be a big issue. So you'd probably just wipe that one off and read between the lines. It's not that far off though. Essentially 195 points over three rounds to also save a trade to possibly, if you to save you three donuts at the end of the year, depending on the situation. Because at the moment, we've been fairly lucky in years gone by, where uh, unless you're Abdul, um, yeah, Scott, the Scott father with the, the Hewitt scenario. But sometimes you get quite lucky and you might avoid a donut or weeks of donuts. So that's the issue. That one trade could save you two to three weeks of a donut and then donuts, pick you up yeah. two to 300 points. So that's the balancing act that we talk about. Yeah. I mean, I think that this is a, this highlights the issue that we have with in defence generally. So uh, the dreamers have said, yeah, trading Sicily, but but to who really? Because you've got most people have these other three, which is probably the key three. So uh, Dacos, Dawson, Stewart, right? So most people have them. If you don't have them, 
I'm completely fine. Bang, straight up trading Sicily to that guy, right? That would be the 100% move that I would do. And then Sinclair, a lot of people have. And then it's that last spot, right? So Lloyd, bit of an unknown, was moved to the wing last week, then played a more halfback role this week. Hasn't scored amazing, but, you know, he's all right there. Um, Luke Ryan dropped off a map. You know, so anyone that's playing this week as a defender that has top 10 potential, in my opinion, they're all shit. So can you cover Any... this week? Can you can you get 18 this week? If, if so, then that's probably beneficial. And then look, I would look to a round 15 guy. So I'd be looking at Doherty next week or the one I'm looking at is Dan Houston. I think that he's primed uh, for a good back-end surge after I think he had a 147 last week, I want to say. Um, after a 47 the week before, uh, but he's at a good price point. So there are guys that you could potentially get, but none really for this week that I would recommend, unless you guys have anyone outside those top three. So, Well, I think if you still have a Zeeble or a Sheasel in your forward line, then the easiest scenario for me would be to get like Clayton Oliver. If you have some kind of, or a, or a defensive mid, you know, maybe you have a day or someone that's not performing in that midfield as a bit of a swing, I'd be like, for me, Clayton Oliver, again, there's a lot of people that either A, held him, so they're not actually relevant for rank overall because they would have slid. You, They can't afford him or they probably don't have the trades. So there is yep. a small market for people that actually A, either have Sicily and can actually move or they have trades or cash to actually make it happen. Now, if you are one of those people, then I, I think it's highly worthwhile to try and get one of these premiums like Clary, who is a proven performer, even I was talking Catter as well, talking about maybe going Petraka over Clayton Oliver. But I think it's worth doing that because anyone that's able to will get on Clary. And if he continues to go 125, 130 or whatever he's capable of, there'll be a small margin of people that will actually get a real good push from it. Lloyd yeah. only. He's already got Lloyd. So, um, yeah. No, I, I don't like Lloyd. I, I can't do it anymore after seeing the last That's why weeks. I kept... That's why I kept bloody Ridley I was, because that sixth well, spot was so really up and open where I was like, do yeah. I really gain much by getting another crappy D6? So my thing with Clary is that I would if there was no question marks over him, but there's another question mark that he might not even play this week. Fuck so, off, Jordan Keist. Sorry, boys. He <laughs> held Clary and he's now 1.8K in rank and he's climbed in rankings. Nice. Um, yeah, so uh, the, the I don't know I if you know, different. but... Um, Clary's now got a hand issue apparently as well. Um, so there was some more reports today that um, he may not play even though he's got, apparently the coach said that he's got two tests um, to make this week and there's no guarantee that he's going to play. And if they're English and maths, he's in trouble. He's come up with another injury apparently with his hand. Um, so now he's got the infected blister, his hand and his hamstring. Um, uh, look, I think he does play probably. I think Clary himself came out and, and today and said, oh, look, I think I'm going to be playing. I think they played Geelong this week, um, which they I think they will need Clary against Geelong. But, yeah, that, that question mark says to me, do you really want to jump on him with Sicily? I mean, he might play, but what are the chances that he's going to just come out and average 125 like he has for the first, what was it, 11 rounds of the season or whatever it may be? Um, so there's a question mark there. And I don't know if I would want to bank all of that onto Clary. He's got a 138 break even. Oh, I don't know. That's that's a rough seat. I would want to, I prefer to hold for a week. It would have been great if if Clary came back, you know, last week or the week before or whatever uh, for Queen's King's birthday. We got to see him for a week, see what he's like, and then 
can jump on him with confidence the week after. But now that I don't have any real confidence going that way, I really don't like Petraka knowing how they treated him last year, where they put him for stints forward for large portions of the year, where they're just like, okay, we're going to play you forward for four or five games. And it, yeah, and I know he can score as a forward too, don't get me wrong, but his consistency drops off the map. So he can still go have those big spike games. But yeah, I don't really love that Petraka play. But he's an option. I, I, they're just too expensive, those guys. I mean, I'd probably prefer going to say it's a wrong or a Brayshaw, but I mean, they've also got their question marks too. So who's the right answer? Um, if you're really trading out, I'd try, depending on your team structure, obviously, I'm trying right now any way that I can to try and get uh, that 23rd premium is the way that I'm going. So if you can split Sicily into two premiums, and get, say, a Houston and, a, say, a, a Harry Himmelberg or something like that, or maybe a Houston and a Keys, you know, or, or a Doherty and a Keys or something like that, and try and be able to get one to your bench. Um, I think that's a great way to go. Uh, I saw a good team yesterday that had um, Day at, at D8. And f- yeah, it actually had five, yeah. So yeah. Day at uh, M9 and uh, five at M10. So they had the opportunity to swing them both forward and back and cover each line. Um, but you know, that that's you know something that I wouldn't mind. You could do the same with Sheasel. Um, there are you know, Jay-Z, etc. So all of these guys that we we probably already have in our teams, there's also options to do that. But I think splitting that money up is one way that you could go to maximize your points and to maximize cover for the rest of the year as well. Interesting. Um, so also with the whole Clary scenario, because we will move on to more structured areas, because uh, we got a little carried away with the introduction. Um, so the so in the last two years, Clary's only missed five times. That obviously, you know, not many. And Petrarca's played those. Um, Thirty-one games with Clary's Petrarca at an average of one twelve point nine, and then four games without him at one twenty nine point three. And he also averages, I think, it's fifteen point something, fifteen point eight or six points more in wins over losses. So that comes in advantage for Petrarca anyway for the the back end of the year if they have a soft draw. He's one that usually really cashes in a little bit more there as well, but. We do need to touch on a little bit of strategy first as far as a lot of people are trying to, is it worth trading out somebody in order to just field 18 this week? So the pros and cons around strategy, rookies, and then obviously the last part will be tossing up between premiums. Should I get this person? Should I get this person, et cetera? And I think they're probably the main three considerations that people are getting at the moment. The first one for me is with strategy. Now I'm going to say the first one is also make sure to look at how many upgrades you have. Because sometimes I feel people are so busy chasing the rabbit that they actually forget like, oh, crap, I actually still need one upgrade and I need to get, um, let's say, Humphreys to a premium. And then you go, oh, I've actually now got not many trades, no cash, and I now need to use two trades just to upgrade him when maybe I should have gone an Anderson or a Walsh or someone at 550 or 500K and not go for the 650K rabbit. So this happened today. I got a message from Binger. Um, and he wanted me to evaluate his trades and he, yeah, he had, he's got, you know, what most people have, but he's got the Humphrey and he's got the, the Fife and he's got like, you know, he's got a lot of cash. He's got the Briggs, et cetera, that he can use. But his idea was, I want to get track and Oliver, but then he's left with Fife at F6. And so for me, that's just a big no go zone. Like I hate that idea. Like you're sacrificing points on your other parts of your field to get the ultra premiums. You just got to go with the budget options. I mean, value. For- Petraka and Oliver aren't that much better than, say, an Anderson or a, a Sarong or something like that. Then let's call it somewhere between five to ten points per game. But the difference between, say, Fife and Sheasel or 
or Jay-Z who are averaging, you know, upwards of 90. Like, Fife could average you 65 for the rest of the year. Like, he, he was that bad on the weekend. Sorry, buddy. He really was. And I, I don't see a world where he averages more than 75. So, you know, if you're going to be you know, having him permanently at, say, an F6 position, I'd almost rather have Humphrey. Um, You've got to have, I think he's, if you're having Fife or you've got him on your team, Looping he's got to cover. be on your bench. Yeah. He's, he's your bench or he's cover. He's not... He's not, a, he's not a fieldable option. So chasing value at this point of the year to complete your team is super important. Trade yeah, trade value is also important. So you, you don't really, if you, if you can avoid it, you want to complete your team with about three trades left. I actually am going to go a little bit less than that. And by a little bit, I mean a lot. But part of my reason is I'm actually spending two extra trades to get that extra 23rd premium because I think it's going to be valuable for me with points for the rest of the season. Yep. So and the other strategy I, with, I all the with all the aggressive with all the aggressive suspensions as well, I actually saw someone make it was it a best twenty two team of of people getting suspended for tackles, and I said, what yeah, no right. no room for an eye gouger in there, guys? Like no Brisbane Lion player <laughs> in that team. Um, nice, Zorko Jab. Yeah, Zorko Jab. Um, anyway, so the yeah, idea grabbing is someone that, like well, say Darcy Cameron, for example, who's probably going to average anywhere between ninety five to one hundred and five, and we really don't know what we're going to get yet. I, I guess out of him. But you know, he's only 460K. I would much rather get him, push Fife out, and then get, say, a Sarong or a Brayshaw or, or you know, Walsh or Mills. Or, Walsh and well, Mills yeah. are dropping too, and you have a little bit of time. Humphrey to Walsh, Walsh will only be 100K. Walsh should have been 120 this week. He had the best game of his of the season, from my opinion. He had the best role that he's had all year. He basically played as a primary mid. I think he had about 70 to 75% CBAs. Um, if they they won, which is important. Cripps played the best game of his of his year of the year for him as well. So you go, okay, if their midfield and and Shira played very very well too, might I add. So those three who who managed that midfield and they were primary movies. So could his boss look at that and go, okay, this is my best midfield moving forward. Everyone else can you know can fit around these three that we're going to use primarily. Hopefully, because that would mean that Walsh is will all of a sudden become a one ten averaging mid again because he was brilliant um and i think that that would can see him slide slide up so at his price i think walsh is severely unders right now and i'd be jumping on him for sure obviously the buy doesn't help you'd, you'd need to miss him this week yeah. but if you can somehow avoid yeah you get your and this is something i will say that's where humphreys comes week, into it this is true after this week you must have your completed side so you can do it before the start of round 16 but you you will be competing with teams that are all completely filled out. So you yep. will lose ranks dramatically if you are not completely um, finished upgrading your side by the end of round sixteen. Uh, by the end of round fifteen, start of round sixteen. Yep, and that also ties in with this round in particular because it is the bad buy round. If you need a warm body on field to get that eighteen, which ties into our enders there. So for me, like you know, a Fletcher or someone like a strategy of going early. If you need a warm body on field to free up cash to get your upgrade, you do that. Because if they don't play, then you're not relying on a rookie anyway. You should be full primo from next week. And maybe you just lose that bench cover in case you need them for the one week that you might need them. So that's well, what's actually, trying um, to free up cash in general. I flew the uh, flew a bit early and I went with Jack Buller last week thinking that I would get two scores out of him. Probably not going to. Um, but I don't really mind the option because what it allowed me to do was to make sure, ensure that I got the right team at the end of it because there really wasn't any other playing 102k guys for last week um so if he plays this week it'll be a bonus but i'm not expecting anything out of him but 
Um, he just allowed me to do everything else. I don't care if he doesn't play for the rest of the season because that like I'm actually wanting to have a a loophole in his position because of the way that I'm structuring my 23rd premium. So uh, yeah, there there's merit to bringing guys in that aren't even playing. There's um there's a deep, I know a lot of people have your know, defensive forward options. There's a 102k West Coast loophole rookie called Dewa. I want to say. Um, you could look at bringing him in and then he could free up, say, a Sheasel from your defense to flip forward, et cetera, um, or Jay-Z or a Himmelberg if you've got any of those guys. So there is some options in terms of bringing in rookies that aren't necessarily going to play this week that will impact you for the rest of the season too. So there's there's options for sure. Yep, 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 I do agree. But you wouldn't wreck um, – surely, surely Fletch is not playing much football for the rest of the year. Like he played very well, but I no, can't I think he's playing. in. I think he's in. He's not best 22, bro. I think he is. Not, watching not watching him live, okay. and we've just gone straight to rookies. Now, for me, it's, it's all about Daniel Rich, et cetera, as well. So Sharp is easily replaceable on the same wing, and he's extremely fit. So Fletcher, for me, he, he even said he was a little bit gassed. Yes, he played, like, lower percent of time on ground, like 60-odd, 64%, I think it is, time on ground. Um, I thought he looked quite composed to the level. Now, he did a lot of the hard-running work that you don't really see on TV where he was on the wing quite a bit and working hard both ways to get in good areas. And he missed one shot. First one, he actually looked composed, running into goal, shoulder check, took a bounce, kicked a goal. Second one, he could have taken an extra step. He did a lot of the one percenters. But again, that position, though, it's the Walmart Callahan. So it's not the best super coach role. And he can be interchangeable. He can be interchangeable, but I thought he did well enough. There's one, there's one mid spot gone, and he, he played basically wing, right? So, um, Rich comes back, pushes Wilmot back up to to the wing, and then that's gone. So, oh, yeah, no, it's Rich all it's all reliant back. on it's all re- yeah, I know that, but as in for the next, uh, yeah, then the other part going with it is that the Lions do have a really soft draw as well. So, do I think you'll be there probably season end? Probably not, but will he give you, I reckon, a stretch of maybe four games on top of this? I think he can. Yeah. I, but I don't. I suppose the other thing is I don't think you're bringing him in to play for the rest of the season. Is what I'm saying. So if you're looking at say a Fletcher oh, cover as for a the whole long-term year. cover, uh-uh. yeah, he'll. I think he will get next week, and I think he might get maybe two or three games after that. But there's no chance that he's there for the season. No, but strategy would be if Fletcher does happen to when they play a, a softer run of games, maybe they continue him playing. Um, he might nah, if he gets four. Oh, I think if he gets four Brisbane, games, though, Brisbane need if, to need to make if, top four, buddy. Yeah, they, they need will. top two actually to be completely honest. If no, nah, it's fine. They can smack Port at Port Adelaide. It's fine. No stress oh. there. Port Adelaide sucks. Um, but sure, if he but does get four in a G, row, so they're, they're screwed if they have to. Yeah, go that's, to that's why I said. That's why I said. That's why I said Port Adelaide. <laughs> <laughs> we have a better chance over there. Um, but no, you could almost like if you have lots of um friendliness with injuries, you could almost go him down five up if you needed to later. Um, look, I don't know what other options. I need trades. a warm body. I need a warm body on field. So for me, if he plays, I'm probably getting him just because I need that warm body to make my ATM. Yeah, as I said, I mean, I think that there's there's a lot worse that you can do in regards to uh, – but I, I would say the same thing about Dev Robertson, by the way, who I think's probably got more job security in the side than than Fletcher. But uh, it's not that great that it's like, oh, it's worth spending 220K on. Like he doesn't have the job security of, say, any West Coast player that can, that can put on – uh, put on a West Coast jersey, a, 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 a Guernsey. Um, so yeah, so I don't like either of those guys in terms of long-term security, but I think that their short-term job security is completely fine. So if you're only looking for guys for this week or the next couple of weeks, 
um, that's fine. And realistically, you should only be looking to field them for this week. Um, quick shout out to Global as well. I do agree. So for me, Humphrey, I'm in this weird position because I kept um, Philippou um, in my team and I've got Humphrey and they kind of, I need them to make up my 18. So I'll be going one down, one up on Humphrey next week to get to Walsh. So that's where you, if Humphrey, if you have Humphrey and you need that one more premium, it's fine to keep him for this week because Walsh isn't playing anyway. If you can't get to the other person you want, if you can't get to a Sarong, if you can't get to an Anderson, et cetera, then, and you need them to play, then they can be in the one up, one down with your two trades next week. Done. Team finished. So I'm with you global on that one. I do. I'm kind of playing the gambling train as far as hoping that he makes his break even or makes enough money, um, which kind of ties into just quickly as well is that um, Christopher, I don't think he's a genuine F6 option, but he's probably better than Fife at F6, as Chris said, and probably a better cover option. But I think at 400 and something K, he's primed to to leave That's your side. That's the thing. You kind of need his cash. He's, he's, he's good enough to be a loophole for the rest of the year. The thing is uh, that, that that I've noticed, and I actually saw today someone post this, um, that someone posted that his role was shit last week. No, his role's been shit for four weeks. He just scores really, really well in the role. Um, it hasn't been like he's he's a forward that play that pinch hits the midfield, not the other not, not the other way around. Like he, the mid minutes that he gets is is minimal, but his impact when he gets forward and gets the ball has been great. So you know, kicking those he's kicked a goal in every quarter, every last quarter in the last four weeks. So him getting these nineties has just been lucky because a lot of the time he's on 60, 65 points. I think he went sixty six to ninety two one round, and we're like, yeah. whoa, when they when they yeah. beat. Uh, was at the dogs. So yeah, high impact. You know, not a guy that you'd want on your field if you can avoid it, but a guy that you could definitely have at say F7 or F7 M M9. Like I'd be happy with that. But the cash, you kind of need that. I think it's what 407. Like I, I mean, for you could one trade him with 13k to uh, Ben Keys, who I would prefer in that role. But then I would say, okay, Keys is a guy that you can sit at F6 100 percent but you'd also wouldn't be upset if you could loophole him with someone too. So that's the difference. So, so Humphrey's a guy that I have on my bench. Keys is a guy that I have on my field with an option to loop out if I need to. Does that make sense? Yep. That sounds really good to me. Uh, speaking of budget yeah. options. So keys, I think is good. If his role, if he gets lined up in the midfield this week, then you could probably be, he'll be tagging fairly... Dacos, guaranteed. Okay. So it'd be, yeah, let's if wherever he goes there for that. So, but I don't mind keys as an option as well. Um, I also think as well, so quickly here, William Horn Francis should have got off him last week, especially he's not a top or a keeper. I think he's hovering about 450K. He did. He made 100K, and now he's probably dropping because of an absolute crap score. You should have taken the money when you could when he had that big spike in his um, ceiling that you know he has. When he gets like a 120, 130, you got to cash out on that one. So definitely, definitely get rid of him. And the... Other option is, well, the cheap option people are looking at, at the moment is the old Elliot Yo train. So, Chris, I know you're a big, big, big non-advocate <laughs> for the Yo. Is it more body related because he scored really yeah. well? His role's been quite solid. Oh, look, I got into the Yo train um, you know, late in the preseason, and I would have ridden that train early. But the thing is, when you're riding it early, you're really only trying to get six to eight weeks out of him maximum before trading him. Whereas now you're looking at, I need this guy for 10 weeks for the rest of the season and he needs to not have a one-week injury. That is a very big difference in terms of trading him into your team with that kind of injury risk with low trades. Start of the year, I couldn't care if he got injured in round two because I've got 35, 36 trades to be able to get rid of him. Committing to that 
type of injury risk at this stage of the season, in my opinion, is just an absolute death sentence. Like, I, I don't know why you would do that. Um, that's too far gone for me. I, I, I wouldn't. Oh, as a D7, I'd prefer Himmelberg. I think Himmelberg's the guy that can spike bigger scores if you need to. Yeah. And it also comes down to if you start to have a bunch of injury issues or suspensions, because that could be very prominent as well this year, then yeah. you might end up copping donuts. I remember how I got Kyle Langford was on a heater of 100, 100, 100 for like <laughs> six weeks straight. And I was like, I can't get Aaron Hall because Aaron Hall's injury prone, even though he was a better price in the buy rounds. Aaron Hall played the whole season and Langford got injured. So, yep. yeah, you don't um, want an injury player if with no trades either. And just to, just to highlight, uh, so Nick Dacos, uh, uh, so I highlighted him, I think, in a couple pod a couple of weeks ago saying that um, I think he's going to get a bump in CBAs due to Degoe being out. Uh, and he's held steady. So he's ha- he actually has had a bump since round 11, um, about 43%, 43%, 40%, and 43% the last three weeks. But Degoe ran out round 12, right? So the, the, the theme is that it's been north, west coast, and then that's when the injury, ha- uh, sorry, the suspension happened, and then he maintained against Melbourne. So against these tougher teams, he hasn't actually uh, had that that many CBAs. So uh, that potentially holds. The big mover this week has been Jack Crisp. So he's he went up to fifty two percent in the Pies midfield for CBAs. So he's the one that seems to be covering that along with say Nick Dacos. Um, so what do I think Keys does? Wherever Nick Dacos goes, Keys will go. So if that's midfield, he'll be lining up to him at stoppage. If it's if it's um, from defense, he'll be lining up. And the thing is, I suppose the difference is with Nick Dacos is that we know that he doesn't really play halfback anyway. So Keyes isn't going to be playing forward as a as as a uh, half, as a half forward. He's going to be playing a midfielder role. He's going to be around the ball. I know that he tagged him early in the season for I think like a sixty odd. So I wouldn't be su- suggesting that Keyes would have a good score this week. But I don't think for the I think for the rest of the season at his price is still value. I think he goes somewhere between ninety to one hundred. So I think it's a, a half decent shout. As F six, like, what are you looking for this stage of the season? Anything else? And there really isn't much unless you can get to butters. I, I think that that's the biggest thing. Like, if you can get to butters, great. But not a lot of people can. Um, and I think I looked at the stats. Butters is only in like twenty percent of the top one percent. And because of his buy, you have to wait till next week to be able to get him. Who's got 600K next week to be able to go and grab butters? Like, not many people, yeah. right? And if you get a premium this week, like Darcy Cameron, if he goes 100, then that extra 100 points on your total would mean yeah. that butters would have to average 10 points more per game just to actually balance. To be worth it. And yeah. you, and you, you which he might, but then. Correct. So you don't have to go burn two trades to kind of, or one down to the one, I actually waste one trade to get the cash in order to then upgrade him. So that's an yeah. interesting one. We are getting a lot of questions about, oh, should I keep this rookie? Should I keep that rookie? Uh, a bit of a mix as far as like some premiums. We might get into some premiums a little bit later. Also on the chats as well, because of the the tough situation that is this week, we're getting lots of messages. We can't reply to every single message saying, hey, I prefer this rookie on your field instead of the other one. You're just going to have to start making some good judgments because it is a difficult week for a lot of people. And at the moment, we're kind of trying to express some strategies around it to then back yourself in. So whether it's, yeah, if you need specific if you, stuff's pretty hard. So if you need to have someone in your A team, <laughs> if you need if you need a rookie to be part of your A team to field A team this week, right? So you can try and upgrade around those who aren't playing to then get your A team. So for instance, for me, I've got Philippo and I've got Humphrey 
and I've got 16 playing at the moment. So I actually need to upgrade around them to pick up two places. So I can't afford to lose them. So if you have 18 already, or they are your 17th and 18th, then yes, you can upgrade those rookies because they're not going to matter in your best 18 for the week. So that's where it all comes down to. As far as trying, you know, should I free up cash on, you know, Mitchell Van Ruin or any of these other rookies, whoever makes you the most cash to get you the best premium, I would probably just go with. Because rookie, yeah, rookie roulette's already there anyway. So you might as well free up the most cash. Speaking of the most cash though, Chris, because I we already spoke about briefly anyway. So Robert, uh, Dev Robertson, 218K, very expensive if you're trying to free up cash. Um, you've got Sheldrick who just went up 31K with 190K as a forward mid option. Now, here's what I want your opinion on is Harry Harrison, uh, Harvey Harrison. He won't be named this week, buddy. You reckon he's played two in a row? Who did he come in for? He's played good. He played. He came in for Jamie Elliott, who actually should have played the King's birthday game, but they just held him out to give him an extra week and then the extra week off again. Okay. Because um, he's, he's one of the most traded in players, which and, is funny. Yeah, no, he won't play. The, I, I would say that the chances of him getting named were 5%. So I wouldn't even be looking at him. Unless... Marrick, if you don't have him, I think we'll play for West Coast. So that's a good one if you didn't go early to free up maximum cash. Otherwise, we kind of need a Hail Mary or some luck to get a cheap rookie named probably oh, for the I, week. I heard Constable is getting named this week, isn't he? No, he gets named every <laughs> week. That's a baloney. Don't come here with your bloody Dr. Supercoach merch from top to bottom. You probably got the Dr. Supercoach cock ring on too. We just can't see it. And come and spit in that kind of blasphemy. Fair enough. Fair call. Sorry, uh, Cheezo. Um, I don't know if that's a real thing, is it? Maybe you could um, branch out. So Oshin uh, Mullen has been um, uh, announced that he's right fit to play. However, there's no guarantee he obviously gets named. Um, so we'll have to see what that sort of looks like. Who's the flog? Swizz? Chris or me? <laughs> oh. <this> his <laughs> was that because uh, of the cock ring joke? You're calling me a flog, right? Anyway. Sorry, oh, yes, ben so, Bailey says that uh, apparently. Uh, hold on, I'll, I'll I'll show you this. Um, Constables can cuss. Constables can cuss. Unlucky. That is yeah. very 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 unlucky. Oh well. So Harry Sharp's getting named this week, boys. <laughs> Jesus. Well, Matt, Matt Roberts comes back early. That would be nice, wouldn't it? It's um, very very interesting. So that looks like we need a little bit of rookie luck this week. I mean, the other alternative. So what are you, where are you at on? Let's say Sheldrick. And let's say Windhager, because they are slightly cheaper than Robertson, who I think Robertson probably could keep his gig as well. Where are we at? Are we spending I, 190K I think, to 200K? I think if you're choosing any of them for long-term cover, you're probably playing the game wrong. Yeah, and then if you're needing a guy for one week, get the guy that's the cheapest that you think is going to be the best for one week. And or trade out me, a premium for a premium. Yeah. You might as well. Option. You may yes, as well just trade out of, a premium. Unless his name's you know, Ollie Wines, because he's he's going to the mood. One thirty average over the next five weeks. You watch it. <laughs> Jesus, yeah, he's definitely he's he's going to cash you in well. But you'd be better it's off. Should have been one forty. Missed that goal from like fifteen meters out in the last quarter. What is he doing? Come on, Wines. But you'd you'd be better <laughs> off kind of almost keeping the cash or the other covers you've got, and then just sidewaysing a premium because again, if they score a hundred this week, then that's ten points more per game that they're going to have to actually pick up on the run home. So it would be nine, a hundred, actually more. It'd be a yeah, hundred points over to, nine rounds, to, which is more. Looking to upgrade because they've got, say, a Ford, for example, right? So they need to go down somewhere to get cash to be able to go up, right? So here's the problem, right? So all those three guys, so between Sheldrick um, and Dev Rob and Windhager, 
not one of them has good long-term job security. They all have shit long jobs, long-term job security. So if you are looking to get them to generate cash and it's going to make you enough and you only want scores for a week, great. I'd choose whoever's playing West Coast. One of them's playing West Coast, right? What's the... Um, I think it might be Sydney play West Coast, maybe. Who's who's playing West Coast this week, guys? West Coast um, this week. It is. Let me have a look. West yeah, Coast. Yeah, uh, so Sydney, Sheldrick, Sydney, Sydney, Sydney. Yeah. So I would say if Sheldrick gets named this week, that's the one that I would be picking up just for the one week. So again, uh, I mean, marriage is fine, but I think in terms of points, if you don't need the cash, again, this is only if you don't need the cash. Now that's a lot of cash. So 120k um, to not have marriage. I'd rather have marriage if 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 that's going to get you a better premium. It's going to net more points over the long term. However, if you don't need the cash, if cash isn't an issue for your team, then I'm happy with getting a Sheldrick this week just for the one week only. Again, you're only looking at this for one week. They have bad job security, all three of them. I wouldn't be relying on them for the rest of the season. Um, and just remember who else you're pairing those with. So again, I saw a midfield, uh, Binger, this is your midfield earlier today. So he was looking at trading out Matty Johnson and then bringing in, um, Sheldrick. So Matty Johnson probably has the best job security of the rookies that we do have. Right. And you free up absolutely bugger all cash too. What, yeah, 70, but he needed like to be able much. to, you needed, he still needed the cash, right. To be able to make the upgrade, but let's just say this is an example, right? So. Then he he has yeah you know, I think he had Dev Rob and then Sheldrick or whatever it may be and then Matty Roberts or like a, a, a basically a guaranteed donor at the at the moment, right? So you've Dev Rob, you know his job security is just as bad. There's every chance that you've paid 180k or 200k for these rookies for the, over the last two weeks, and in two weeks time that neither of them are there and you don't have them for the rest of the season. And then you're looking at really... 250k, kind of like what I did with Clark from Richmond, and then just crying into an empty bucket. Pretty much. Like you're looking at that cash on the bench, going, "Why am I not using that better? Why am I playing steel when I've got 250k yeah. in equity sitting on the bench doing nothing? Like there's nothing yeah. more painful. And you can't trade out of it because you don't have the trades. So, um, yeah. So that's just the just the warning that I would give people who if they're looking at that again. It's it will work for some teams, but I don't think it works for every team, and that's just something you need yeah. to be aware of. I wouldn't, I personally wouldn't. This stage of the season, I'm not looking for that. And if you're just looking for one week scoring, like there just has to be a better way to structure your team, and there's a there's a better way to make up the points over the back end of the season, in my opinion. Like there yeah. can't be a situation where you get Sheldrick and you desperately need his sixty or seventy points that it totally impacts you for the rest of the season, unless yeah, just they really better. burn you. Yeah, just like, better. unless they burn you and like go a hundred plus, yeah, like, and then you're really sort of stretching to try and make those points up over the back end of the year. But I don't think it's really worth putting that extra trade in for one week of scoring. Yeah, it's not like a Briggs scenario where you should definitely have been on. <laughs> yeah, oh, I can't believe I didn't do that. Every time I look like I'm making ground, I miss a Weddle. I miss a Briggs, and then sliding back we go. It's literally the the bane of my existence this year. Um, the other thing to note as well, like, so last week I had 19 already. I didn't need to downgrade. I saved my trades. And then those three rookies who were quite reasonably priced at 150 to 175 K or 180 K all went quite well, except for the Buller, Bull of a Nucker, the old, uh, Fijian didn't do well with his, uh, subdon. What was it? 17, Chris? 
Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, seventeen. Like, uh, look, I, I think that that was a bit. Don't get me wrong. I, I went in with it knowing that it could be as low as that, or even worse. But um, they basically threw him to the Lions' den, <laughs> legitimately. Like, you know, Lions aren't too shabby in defense, and the way that they entered the fifty for that first three quarters was absolutely atrocious. Like, Sydney were just bomb it long to a contest, and it wasn't even a contest that Jack Buller was at. <laughs> like, he was just he had no chance in that game. It was rough scenes. Let's let's just put it that way. Um, um, slight caution over the uh, the Windhager as well. So I know he did have the most CBAs, but I believe, and Swiss could probably back this up in the chat, he was all pretty much following around Taranto, or Taranto was leading him to the ball and still beating him to the ball. Uh, so he did score an 85, and his price is quite good. But a little bit of caution there. So he was playing more of a, well, a try to be a negating role. I do know that Lyon sent him back to the VFL to try and work on some other parts of his game because he wasn't happy with the outside work, I guess he was doing. but. They are playing Brisbane this week, so it is possible he could actually go on to Neil as well. I don't know if he's the guy for you. So, yes, the CBAs are a great tick and people's eyes light up. It's like, but why was he in there? Right? You've also uh, There's got... also the fact that uh, uh, he was out for Hunter Clark, basically. Hunter Clark's back in two to four weeks. And Jack Billings and Zach Jones are both tests for this week. Now, I think yep. Zach Jones probably comes back through the VFL. What do they do with Billings? They kind of need him. Trade but him for Bontempelli. <laughs> I mean, where does Jack Billings play as well? Like, does he come back and play on the wing, or yeah? And then how does that impact the team, um, or does he come in and play forward um, early on? Like, I, I don't know these questions, but what I know is there's oh. three best twenty-two players due back within two weeks uh, that are all midfielders. So, yeah, Arnie, I'm going to say R.I.P. Mate, four trades and two primos to go. I think you're probably going to have Ooh, to keep at least – you're going to have to keep at least one of those two, maybe both, because four trades is skimping. Or uh, for me, I'd probably actually hold Humphrey and hope Mills drops enough cash to kind of sideways with whatever cash you got Or just, in one. I mean, just, just see, here's what you could do. You go Humphrey to Keys. You, you got a premium. You keep Ashcroft to loop off your pine, and if when he hits his tons at the at the Gabba or whatever, you can, you can still get some advantage there. I mean – you still have three trades left and be able to try and maximize it. I don't think that's the worst. I'd rather have keys than Humphrey. Again, I, I think I've said this earlier. I'd rather have keys than Humphrey. And for one trade, I think that that's an actual beneficial move. So my that's my personal opinion. Other people are different. People, Some people hate keys. So Bing is upset with me now. Be, be quiet, Ben. Quiet. <laughs> Quiet. It's the Talisker. It's got this rum cask. It's just bringing the inside out here. Yeah, the global matter feel you for that one. So that's the rookie part of it. Now let's go with some of these premiums that you're on the brink for. <laughs> Thanks, mate. The point one DPP. So did you see on on uh, Twitter today that Tim Mitchell said that uh, Gorn is actually sitting at thirty four point four percent? Gone backwards um, for round eighteen. Yeah, so he's gone back, gone down a little bit, but he's still a chance at DPP <laughs> round eighteen. I don't know if if I kind of think that if you had gone, then you must have got uh, Briggs, and then Gorn is gone next week. Like, there's no chance that he's outlasting Briggs. I think Briggs has a five round average of 116. There is no way anyone's holding Gorn longer than next week. He's gone. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't get I didn't get Briggs, and I've still got Gorn, so I'm riding that oh. train to the very end. Because well, I was like, uh, I don't, sorry, need, I I don't you were a need, good player. I don't need ruck cover for one round. Why? And I was triggered by the you know Clark scenario where I spent 
20K or whatever it was on a premium to be smarter or whatever it was. So, yeah, I wasn't expecting him to just keep going bang, bang, bang. Same as Weddle, just bang, bang, bang. So that's why I said bane, a bane, bane, bane of my existence. Um, Premiums-wise now, so are you by any chance worried about Sarong and the injury history there? If you could pick up, let's say, two people per line that have already had their buy outside of Rux because Rux are dead already. Two premiums that have already had their buy from each line outside of the, the token ones, you know, like your Sicilies, et cetera. Yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, what would Lockie you be Weller? <laughs> no. The, first of all, in defense, I wouldn't pick up anyone. I don't like any of them. Um, they suck, Sinclair, right? That's the issue. Sinclair and Lloyd, but I don't like Lloyd anymore. Sinclair did play well last week. I just don't think, like, in, in years gone past, they would be top six, but they're probably not really. I think that the the best other two are Doherty and Houston, unfortunately. So um, they both have the round 15 buy and that. So if you can try and stretch it to then, I think that they're the best fifth and sixth options. But I don't like. See, I think defense ones. is so bad that you can probably then afford to keep a. Um, Sheasel, JZ. Yeah. yeah. I, well, you could just keep them because they're not that much worse than D6. Yep. So if you have one of them, I think you're almost just better off trying to keep them and then try to go elsewhere, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. So midfield? Um, I've looked at this. I've looked at this extensively because I've looked at trying to flip wines to a, a, a premium that's going to be worth it. And the, I just have question marks over all of them. And the problem is, so I can't afford to go Uber. So you're sort of riding out Oliver and Petraka in this sort of situation. But yeah, they would be ideal if you could grab them. Um, they're you know, fairly low owned still, especially I think Oliver was down to like 23% at last check. Did I just pop out there for a second or did you just pop? <laughs> I, even know what I you was did. trying to give you your own screen oh. and then I removed you. I clicked the remove button. What an amateur. Um, Sarong and Brayshaw. So Sarong has obviously gone down a little bit in scoring since the ankle issue, I believe it is. So I don't really love that, especially at his price. Um, Brayshaw, I don't mind back-to-back. What's he back-to-back 107s? I've just been on the Brayshaw train and I hate it. Like he just has to do so much to get a decent score. Like I feel like he's just pumping everything he has into it. And I can't do it, Captain. I do it half the power. Um, I suppose if you don't have Neil, then, then he's an obvious choice. That's probably the, the number one, yeah. I would say. Was it Saints, Richmond, West Coast, I think, coming up as well. So midfields, he could probably dominate. Yeah. Um, I mean, outside of that, I mean, I'd almost go as far to say, like, if if go was off his buy, that's probably the, the cheap option that I would suggest. You could also look at, I mean, LDU next week. Mills, Mills might be named this week. Um. There's that yeah. option there too. I mean, so the Mills will get is, down to 420, 450k too. Yeah. If you wait a week we, on it. With an unknown role, but if you had it, if you gave him a couple of weeks, Merritt, if you don't have him, but I think that he's like, you know, probably one of the most sailed. I'd, I'd take a parish at 105 average, you know, like I'd take him at 105 with potential upside over, say, a Sarong at 600. What's Sarong at now? 580. No, he's less now. He was uh, 605 and then dropped. So, so I don't mind Parish, but um, because I think he does play this week. Uh, could you go a Kelly? So would you go Parish over an Anderson though? Sure Kelly's role changed, flipped to a wing. 
No. See, the thing with Anderson and Raul, that I mean, I'm, I've got Raul. So, yeah, Tuke's back in, they said, three to four. Um, after, so from this week, three to four, what does that make it? Round 17, round 18? Or round 18, round 19? Where are you at? It's round 15 now, righto, yep. Yeah, so that's at round 18, round 19. So three to four. Okay, that's no, you said 17 plus first. Three. Anyway, go on. Go, go, go. Yep. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so uh, like is – do you really want like a three-week bump and then unknown scoring ability on the back end? I don't know. Dude, Sarong's five seventy-four now. It's five seventy-four for Sarong. That's not bad. Yeah, without but and he probably has a high break-even right as well. What's his break-even? Yeah, break-even doesn't it? matter, mate. Doesn't matter. Break-even of oh. one hundred and thirty-eight. Yeah, so it does matter if you're looking at okay, well, it's him versus someone else for next week. But I suppose you that, that's coming off the buy. I suppose you gained the points this week, which probably offsets that anyway. Um, yeah, I don't look. The midfield is an I don't love as well for upgrade targets. Again, like I think most of the the good ones that I would look at are probably off next week. Yeah, yeah. same with the forward line. Like I'd, I'd look at McRae next week. I'd look at Butters next week. Those are the two best options by an absolute mile. And then everyone else is supplementary to that. But you've got DKM there, which most people are jumping on this week because at least you have ruck cover. Um, and then it's slim pickings. Um, that's what I mean. Keys comes in at that sort of available, going to play this week, good price. Roll is questionable, but three weeks of good scoring. He has a three-round average of he's – had, well, uh, he's had two three hundreds in a row, hasn't he, Ben Keys, And a 115 last week. I think so it's about a, three. I picked him up after his first one. I think I've had two more in drafts since. So, so, so we'd have like a 107 three-round average or something like that for a forward. Like you could do a lot worse. Yep. So, again, this comes down to I know we'd prefer a lot of these players for that have the current buy. But, again, if you're playing for overall, if you're playing for league, it doesn't matter. You can just get whoever you want whenever you want, and all you're going to do is lose a round if you happen to lose a round. All right? So you'd have a look at your opponent, and then you would sort of go, oh, hey, they're actually losing more people than me this week. You could just upgrade. All right? That's how you would kind of sort of go around it. But, again, it comes down to the, let's say, Darcy Cameron scores 100 points for this week, and you were going to, you know, you thought, hey, I'll just get McRae next week. Right, and I'm yep. going to hold out. I'm not going to get Darcy Cameron. I'm going to get McRae next week. I'm going to spend the extra money. So again, that's the if he scores a hundred for this week and every other week for let's say Darcy Cameron, then McRae would have to average a hundred and eleven point one just to come out with the exact same Supercoach points. So yep. that's the big advantage on if you now if you're playing a rookie and you're playing nineteen with that scenario, then you would have to take off whichever rookie you scored off that scenario. Here's the problem with that, like that is obviously the risk every single week any with any dogs player is that Magneto was at his absolute finest um, the last couple of weeks. So McRae dropped to zero CBAs. So he went he went on this string of having CBAs and then he went 39 in round 12, 39% in round 12, 3% in round 13 and 0% in round 14. So yeah. And Caleb Daniel dropped out of the um, the midfield rotations and then went back in this week. What is Bevo, man? And Trelaw had, has, has gone 82, 84, 81% last three weeks. So what is he trying to do? Just basically stretch him out until he does another hammy? Like, I think Libba's, and this is what I, why I highlighted this chat, Libba's the one that his role hasn't changed all season and it just seems like he's just going to be the... You know, number number one, number two, basically him and Bont is going, yeah, you know, hell for leather. And then everyone else is trying to, yeah, you know, basically compete for that third premium uh, mid spot at the dogs. So 
Um, I don't mind Libba again if you're waiting a week. I think he's probably one of the best options that's out there. Super consistent, but again, the price is, yeah, it's there to match. So, yeah, who are these people that have cash to burn? Absolutely crazy. Yeah, I mean, or you go, I mean, on the flip side too, what would you rather? Would you rather like Clary and a Keys or a cheaper option or, you know, like a double down on a Sarong and an Anderson kind of type, you know, looking at price brackets? Yeah. Are you um, better off kind of splitting them or going one heavy, one light? Uh, yeah, well, the problem is that you, one of those is a forward. Um, so can you get that as, as a forward? Then I don't think so. Like, I think, um, so if you didn't have, if you don't have like a golden or something like that, then Goulden's like at a, a half decent price right now. You could definitely jump on a Goulden and say a Anderson or something like that. And then it, or, or a Goulden and a, and a, and a, uh, Clary. And then that'd be awesome. Right. But there's not enough decent options at decent prices in the forward line to make that a valid thing. If you're looking at upgrading two mids, then I can understand the, you know, the concept of let's go two cheaper mids instead of one Uber and then one say, I don't know, you can't even get a decent mid under 500k, can you? Like, well, an LDU or something like that and stretching to get a guy like that yep. or a Mills. And Walsh, like Walsh really is probably your best bet barrel. to get close. Yeah, Walsh is yeah. probably your best bet to get close. LDU yep. has a lot of potential, but do you really want to go there and get burnt after an injury? Um, Steel is under 500k, boys. Can we even talk about Steel? Like, uh, how was it? Had knee issues and then come out, he's been horrible. Had a good round. Everyone's like, oh, yay. He was meant to be dropped this, like not play this week. Comes out with an awesome score. And everyone's thinking, how great is this? How happy are we that he actually got up and persevered and then gone crap, crap, crap. Like literally painful. Uh, now has what Achilles soreness or something like something else going on. It's literally, yeah. You can, I guess you could hold him. Here's my dilemma with Mills. Uh, so with um, Steel. Now, for his price, he's kind of priced similarly to like Sheasel, et cetera. And I know some people are looking at getting off Sheasel or Zebul or all the rest of it. But I'm like, who's going to average you more? Like if Steel can get it together, he should at least average you 100. And at that price, you're kind of just keeping him anyway for the sake of a trade. Yeah, I mean, if you I have the like, if you have trades up your sleeve, then you just burn them for hell and say, see you later. Yeah, right? you're holding this week, I think, regardless. And he plays anyway. I mean, yeah, but his break even so big now. I don't think it matters. I think there's not there's nothing you can really do about it. Well, you it just... matters if you're getting rid of him. Yeah, but who too? Time is money. Well, anyone, anyone that's better. That's what I'm saying. Is in it's people are looking you, you, to just rage yeah, trade. Well, if you've got if you've got cash to get him out, then sure, because it's, it's worth getting him out to someone else. But there's no really one to get him to that's the thing so you kind of got to hold him at least this week and then just hope that you either he comes good or you can somehow at some point get him back to a decent price you can sideways him like i don't are you really using two trades to get rid of jack Steele? that's the issue is like i don't think you really want to do that and then like for people to say oh i've got 150 in the bank i can get him to someone else yeah but how'd you get that 150k yeah that, you burned you a trade like, yeah, exactly right. And then if you use that so, 150k to upgrade him, then you're going to have to use another trade to then upgrade someone else exactly. anyway. So, so then you're burning the extra trade. So it's two um, trades. Yeah, I was really disappointed with Steel this week because, like, yeah, I have. And this draw is awesome, right? So oh, so good. So the thing with Steel to me is that I watched that game and I was like, is Jack Steel even playing? I couldn't tell where he was playing. I couldn't tell where he was in the park. I kept looking to see if he was on the bench. Because I just didn't know where he was. Like, where was he on the field? Was he playing wing? Was he playing on the ball? I couldn't. I couldn't physically see him. It was pissing down. 
There was contests everywhere all over the park and I couldn't see Jack Steele. It was a big issue, man. So I would 100% be getting off him if I could, if I had the trades, if I had the money. I'd be trying to do it. But um, yeah, no, it's, it's not... I'm glad that I'm sometimes not the trainer, he, I think sometimes he actually wasted energy because he'd kind of the ball go over his head and then he'd start working his way down hoping for a contest and then literally the big ping pong back the other way and then he'd kind of work his way back down towards that and then it would go back over his head again. So I think yeah. there was about two or three kicks where I saw him kind of get near the contest. One of his teammates would pick it up and just literally not offload it because it's wet and just roost it straight past him and then back he goes down that way and then they kick it and he's like, oh, just following the ball. Yeah, but uh, that's a... So that's problem. a problem with fitness then because the, like the ability so midfielders are midfielders because they have the tank to be able to get to contest to contest without being in that transition period. So they need to be able to move the next contest before the ball moves on so they can be part of that next chain and then next contest. And I just didn't see him. So if he's stuck oh. in the middle the whole time, that's because he's not able to get to the next contest and that's an issue. Or bad decision so, making and actually not making a decision and just staying in the middle. Whee! Yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, I suppose I think we're all in the same boat that if you can get rid of him, great, but you can't really trade him this week if you if you're just going to sideways him anyway, and you need the points on field. So, I mean, who, yeah, who are these people? Anyway? Who are these people with all these? Are uh, they playing Brisbane this week? Um, at the was it not Metricon? Bloody at Marvel. I mean, it's Marvel. Marvel. Yep. Yeah, that's a, that's not too bad. Um, yeah, but the good yeah. news is they do have West Coast after that, Melbourne, but then they have Gold Coast, North Hawks. Carlton Richmond. So they do have a pretty good draw anyway for midfielders after that anyway. Yeah. So, so uh, how many are you running on field this week likely? Um, I'm going to get to 18. Big crawl or, you know, <laughs> trade. Um, I Well, I need to try and stay relevant. So I'm sitting at like 5,000 overall. And I think this is where one where there'll be a lot of competition that won't get 18. So I've got 16 at the moment, but that includes Filippo yeah. and it includes Humphrey. So there in my plans, I plan to probably trade out a rookie, try and maybe see if I can get in Darcy Cameron with it, with one of those rookies and then um, make a move next week and go Humphrey to hopefully Walsh. And that's my team done. 18 yeah, makes with, sense. with um, Johnson so actually... and Chessa, right. <laughs> hopefully Johnson okay. gets up. Oh, Chessa. Fuck, that's that's 17, mate. <laughs> don't, 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 don't save oh, me. The, the Chessa's... How about that last week though? Here I am thinking, oh, I'm going to save my trades. I'm not going to go Robertson. I'm not going to go Milliken. I'm not going to go Sheldrick. I'm just going to, I've got 19. That's fine. I can afford to lose one. Next minute it was like five crap, forward crap, steel crap. And I was like, <laughs> damn it. Two crap scores on my field. And FBI um, Tribunal. Yeah, which was good for me actually. It worked out well in my favor because I bridged the gap on the other big players. But um, so I'm probably actually going to be 17. I had planned with 18 with Sicily on the field, but I, I actually plan now to have that zero. Um, but uh, so you're not trading Sicily and you're keeping a zero. Yeah. Um, so I will be bringing Himmelberg next week to cover him for the next two weeks. Um, and then Sicily in will push uh, Himmelberg to D7. So uh, you, yeah. you must bank on the fact that you can bridge the, the point gap. loss this week yeah. for having a loop a, a loophole player a cover player and then the fact that Sicily will average you more than whoever else you'll bring in anyway to yes that I gap. think that over this course of the next 10 weeks I'll make up the points for by having an extra player um either by looping or covering a one week injury or vice versa I think I'll make the points up I don't think it's worth the thing is like if I'm trading Sicily I'm like 
and here's the thing. If there was a good enough player to trade him to, like I can't trade him to the midfield because I already have a full midfield. So I'm either trading him, I can trade him to a forward player, but I, I want DCAM for long-term cover. So realistically, I only have to trade him to a defender. So I, if I'm trading him out, I'm trading him to Lloyd. I'm not interested. And what's Lloyd going to pump out for me this week? Who knows? I, I'm not interested in in playing that game with Lloyd. I'm not interested in trying to get Ryan or some other shitty premium. In, in, and then he's just going to... I actually think that the difference in points just from Sicily over the last seven rounds will bridge that gap, let alone the extra I'll get from having that 23rd player. Yeah. Because this, the, the, the pickings are so slim in the defensive line. Yep. The only way around that would be if you didn't have, say, Dawson or Sinclair would probably be the only tempting. If you didn't have one of those two, you might be more tempted. Yeah. If I didn't have, say, a Dawson or if I didn't have a Stewart or if I didn't have a Dacos, I would 100% trade because those yep. other guys are going to they're, – they're all they're guaranteed top four pretty much. Um, but I'm bringing in two defenders next week. So I'm bringing in Himmelberg and Houston. So so Houston will come in as a permanent D6 and, then, and uh, Himmelberg will play on field for two weeks while – Sicily serves his suspension, and then he'll be a rotating uh, 23rd player. Yep. That um, yep. I'll probably end and up the, moving forward to loophole with uh, Keys. And the loophole is so underrated. Like last year, I think I picked up, was it Heaney for super cheap, like maybe 400 flat or 380 or whatever he got to. And in the end, I was taking Heaney's score instead of um, Bro, uh, Will Brody. Because he started pumping out a couple of sixties and then Heaney went on this like ton run of like hundred, 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 which is probably why I end up getting a nice little boost in ranks on the back end of the year. So if someone does miss for a week, then you have them as an option. Now that's where we come into you can spend all your money on trying to get the best premium, or you can actually look for the value and then have a loophole to actually try and bridge that gap elsewhere or have that loophole option too. You know, if someone plays early, you just put the E on them and if they're highly owned and they do poorly. Then all of a sudden you're sitting there going, yeah, ha, I can actually make up some big points here because everyone's got them on field and I can now play this other person that will get me more than 60, et cetera. So that's the consideration. That's where the value really does come into it. And yeah, it's all and like relational. Sicily, for example, is, is I think right now, 20 points per game clear of the, that next D6 option. Like that's a, like that's, that's a large amount. So yeah, I'm, I'm completely comfortable with the decision. I made it two weeks ago. So I'm completely comfortable. And the off chance that he obviously, um, I, if I wanted to trade him, it was the time to trade him was last week. It's it's now past. If I really, really need to, then hopefully like a rookie comes in from nowhere, but I'm not really worried. I'm not fussed. And this week I'm definitely not fussed because this is the week that most people will struggle to, to have 18 on field. And you don't need a huge score this week to be competitive. Like I think if you were somewhere between 18 to 1900, will be a, a, a fairly competitive score and I shouldn't see my rank drop too much. I think I will drop outside the top K, um, but I'll have a, a really good team heading towards the rest of the season. Interesting. All righty. Um, I think probably last couple of comments here and I think we'll wrap it up there. So it's just splitting hairs at this current point in time. So uh, Global here, thoughts on Bazlanka. Um, I think the the ups and downs with their their roles, etc. But as a forward for 450k, I mean, it's not bad value. I'd probably rather decam though for the cover. Chris, are yeah, you he's, tempted he's by a the mullet? Playing forward, nah, not not. 
again, if Magneto was to go, oh, we're going to play him on the wing again. Oh, we're going to play him inside again. Then maybe. He but went no, negative not... meters for a whole game. Yeah, which meters is Meters gained. I don't know if you saw, but he was actually out running laps after the, the game finished, which I thought was probably a good thing. Maybe, you know, wasn't happy with the amount of meters he gained negatives, but, you know, maybe could have worked harder or maybe just general base he needed to actually work a bit more. But, yeah, he um he was running laps after the game on the yeah, over. I mean, it looks good to see Bailey Smith on your field as at D, at F6. Uh, it looks bad once you start watching him play and realize his role is absolutely shot to pieces. So, um, but yeah, good news was he he looked still quite fit and fresh. Chris, he didn't look like he was laxy days. He wasn't all over the shop. He pretty much stayed right on that white line and just went for it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I don't know if you were doing a pun then, but. <laughs> it was all over the white line there. Okay, that was good. Okay, it wasn't just me. Um, one thing I will say is that the amount of um, injuries that uh, that the dogs just did cop, so uh, Tim O'Brien, Hayden Crozier, and uh, and Jones are all long-term injuries. Now, that is pro- – I, I see Caleb Daniel moving back into defense, and that could open up a midfield spot. However, that could go to McRae, it could go to Baz, it could go to – Freaking McLean, man! <laughs> who knows, man? Um, trying to guess Bevo is Poulter. just it's not really worth it. Poulter might well, finally get a gig, and a he wing. could. Yeah. Well, apparently in VFL he was playing um, halfback, I think. So people were talking about wing, but it, he was doing some work and training, I believe, at halfback. So he could be Poulter, one to Poulter, actually Poulter, go Poulter. and pull. I know, right? For the Spanish <laughs> friends at home, <laughs> the only Spanish word I know. Anyway. Um, Good that's one. pretty much it. Hey guys, I think we've, uh, is there anything is. that Swizz wanted to write in his comment section to VC and C we have forgot that oh, Swizz's yes. favorite section, the VC and um, obviously, you know, if you, I don't know if you'd want to just throw a VC on Clary, but, um, you know, he has the Friday night game, the same with track. So those are, those are both decent options, but not a lot, not really highly owned. Um, with Winhager, does he go to Neil or does he go to Dunkley? Because Dunkley's in form. If he goes to, if Dunkley goes to steal and ragdolls him, it could be another Dunkley big win again. Um, How tall is Windhager though? Because that could be a big deciding factor. He's wide. I think he might be as wide as he is tall. The guy's a. I think he's quite unit. tall, isn't he? He looks tall. He yeah, is he 185 big. though, so he's seven centimeters shorter. So 185 centimeters. I don't know if he's going to Dunkley. Well, yeah. So if that's the if the matchup then is Neil. Um, then I probably wouldn't go Neil. I would probably VC Dunks in that in that spot on the Friday night. That's probably and look, he's on an absolute heater, so you kind of got to ride it until he jumps off. He's now averaging 123. He's on his way to averaging more than Bont, <laughs> which is just crazy when you think he's he's in with a shot of still being the number one super coach player for this year. So. Crazy. Yeah, that was your projection, wasn't it? The start of the year, you must yeah. have been packing it after getting him. I guess he slipped to. Was it pick three and draft? And I haven't looked at draft in three weeks. I don't know why. Probably should do okay. See where am I you're not, losing you're games? You're not doing well. That's where, I, that's where I am doing well this year. I'm putting all my thoughts and processes into that. I've actually changed my name to, uh, was it the Waiver Watcher or something? Because I've just been <laughs> absolutely just picking up left, right, and center. Um, yeah. It's pretty much where it's at. And for share that because you are wearing the Dr. Supercoach gear tonight. Um, I am. I am in there. I'm in their Div One um, league. I think we have 16 people with 
I think 18 players or something or other. So it's pretty sketchy. And I think I'm coming with Chizo. We both got a bump in the rankings and we're both in the top sort of eight to 10 out of that. The bottom two get kicked back to um, second div. So holding on to div one on that one, boys. Nice. Um, so VCNC for um, me, let's have a look. Goulden, are you looking at Goulden by any chance against West Coast as a VC? No, his role's been up and down, man. Like, like if you want to VC him, great. But um, I don't know that there's a good captain option after that game anyway. I mean, nah, I wouldn't be trusting that. The, the, I couldn't Laird captain him. against Collingwood. Yeah. That's probably the the major one. 110 on a Sunday and then VC, Merritt, Sarong, Neil, Gildan, Clary. I mean, maybe you even. Laird, I think you'd go there. Yeah, I think that Laird is probably the most comfortable on, on, on those. I mean, I've got a row and I'm not comfortable captaining him, obviously, against Hawks or anything like that. Um, with Sicily out, I mean, there really isn't much in the back end. The problem with Goulden is his role over the last two weeks has been all over the shop. So two weeks ago, he yeah, Lloyd moved to the wing. Goulden played basically forward all game until the last quarter, and they threw him in there to try and change things up. Didn't work. Last week, his role was a little bit better. Got a good, got a decent score out of it, but you can't trust for on a week to week basis what his role is going to be, and so for that reason, I just can't do it. Even though he's playing West Coast, not as a captain option. If you want I to be trust, seen, that's fine. But. Yeah, I trust his role better than I trust West Coast in general. <laughs> yeah, so um, I mean, it's like, hey, what's the, what's the risk? He goes one eighty, like maybe. Yeah, I mean, I don't even really love, um, say, Laird and Dawson versus, you know, obviously a restrictive Collingwood midfield at the G. He's not the greatest captain option, but I think that I've got so much faith in Dunkley that it just doesn't matter. I, I don't think I'll probably need it, but yeah, for me, that's the that's the play. Unless you've got Cla- Clary or or Track, then you can go VC those into Dunkley, which is probably the best option. Um, yeah, I mean Briggs isn't playing this week, so we don't have our perma captain option. <laughs> oh, Swiss, what do you got? I try. I see you got Golden VC question mark. Is that where you're sort of heading, or are you? Going elsewhere. Oh, he's riding, he's riding, he's riding, he's riding. Who's got the charger, bro? Can you eat the charger? I just want to say hello. Natasha Corner. Hey, Natasha. Bro, <laughs> can you eat the charger? I just want to say hello. Who's that for? Maybe that it's you, correct. One of Maybe. one of his many followers, the one percent. Yeah, one of the the one percent. Stuart into Dunkley considered. Oh, Swizz is saying, "Is that for you, Swizz? Swizz, get your own DMs, oh, yeah. mate. Just because you got a house now." Um. Uh, so yeah, someone also sort of said Stuart here. So look, that's it. Um, that's sort of talking about Stuart down in Geelong. Definitely consideration. I mean, Melbourne forwards uh, a possibility, but Stuart, you know, Stuart's gone that one fifty game two to three times a year. It just might be this time. So and it's GMSDA up to you. is a nice little fixture, but yeah, Melbourne obviously. Um, hmm, we'll see. Don't yep, love that. I think that's. I think that's. It. I think. That's I think it. Geelong. Geelong might get a, a bit of a pants panting tomorrow night. So we'll see. <laughs> Interesting. Um, the other one was I do agree with Jono Anderson against Hawks. I think is probably the one that probably won't get as much attention. But again, it's a big risk reward. He could go you 90, he could go you 170, but he's probably he due for a big Connor game. Nash tag. You reckon he does? Not Real? Yeah. Real just goes to Nash. Nah, Connor Nash. Connor Nash. Connor Nash will take him. 
Anderson's one ninety-two centimeters. There's no doubt in my mind. Connor Nash goes. Oh, okay, because Nash is a tallie as well, and yep. trying to limit the impact, I guess. So whereas Rao's just inside bull, so someone else can. Yeah, just get he'll John Newcomb Newman. will go head to head. Yeah, yeah, John Newcomb. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yep. done. Done, done, and done. Thanks, boys. This is um, interesting. The StreamYard, I quite like being able to highlight a few of these chats as well. Something a little different. We thought if we're paying for it, we might as well get the good stuff, if you know what I mean. But that's it from us. Uh, talk soon. You guys are doing your – are you doing a team pod as well this week? Yeah, well, I've, I've got to catch up from last week. I didn't have time to uh, to do mine. I will be doing it probably tomorrow, I think. I am overdue, and I might do mine with the team announcement possibly Thursday before bounce. I am overdue. So let's just go with that. Um, that's it, boys. Thank you very much for those who are hanging around. Thanks as well. See how I can export this to SoundCloud. I don't know. We'll see how we go. Talk to you later, boys. See you guys.